Welcome to another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Welcome to Municipal Mania! Mania, 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 mania. Hey, Fran, how you been this week? Hey, girl, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am really excited about today's topic. Yes, because it's an important one and they always get overlooked and nobody ever wants to talk about it. But we're raising money this week. I hope so. Yeah. Heck yeah. And um, also we get to talk about something that I've loved since I was a very little child. Dead people. Yes. The cemeteries. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yes. I'm I'm a little bit more bright and vibrant now, but I was um, the creepy girl in the corner and it was very pale and like, oh, gosh, tell me about your dead relative. Oh, gosh, I can't. Um, so <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. I can't. But yes, we do. And the preservation have... of cemeteries is very important, especially historic ones, mm-hmm. especially the ones we have here in Richmond, because mm-hmm. there's specific connotations to them. Mm-hmm. And so we have a pretty special group here today. We do. We want you guys to introduce yourselves. It doesn't matter which, which, which direction, direction you, go. you go. And and then somebody, you know, feel free to talk about your organization. Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Melissa Pocock. I'm one of the members of the Friends of East End Cemetery. And I've been at uh, uh, East End Cemetery volunteering since uh, around mid-2014. I'm Brian Palmer. I'm also one of the Friends of East End. We we consider ourselves the core volunteers because we're the folks who show up every Saturday. <laughs> and I got involved late December 2014 with... I'm Erin Holloway Palmer, also a friend of East End, and with my husband Brian, I've been mm-hmm. volunteering at the cemetery since yeah, d- December 2014, or July 2000, no, August 2019. August. crazy. Almost September. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's oh. a, about your five-year anniversary of doing this. Yeah. Right? yeah. Wow. Can you tell us a little bit of history about the East End Cemetery? Well, East End Cemetery was founded in 1897 by a group of prominent African-American folks, because obviously... Mm-hmm. Segregation followed black folks to the death. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this was a place that was supported by families, individuals, uh, churches, mutual aid societies, everybody mm-hmm. except the public. That there was no government money, there was no taxpayer money going into the place. Uh, so at the time, it was this beautiful memorial garden. From Aaron's research and reading, we get the sense that actually East End was the, if one can say the hot cemetery compared to Evergreen. I think there were a couple of, oh, no, that wasn't Aaron. But um, (laughs) (laughs) that was not my wife. That was someone else. Um, (laughs) But they were both very desirable places for people to lay their loved ones Mm -hmm. to rest. And you had all of African-American Richmond there. Mm -hmm. You had the... Uh, the cooks, you had the lawyers, the attorneys, the teachers, the tobacco twisters, everybody. And it's also notable at this time, um, the cemeteries were also segregated. And so burial grounds for black people during this time were almost exclusively run by the community, as you're yeah. describing. Yeah. So, you know, 
didn't have much of a choice, really. And super <laughs> sacred because it, you know, right. really is the only thing, I mean, even in death, that was actually truly theirs. And yeah. it was before perpetual care was mandatory, and that came in about 1919, where it became uh, mandatory. It was a legal requirement uh, for you to establish a fund that families or whoever buried their loved ones would have to pay into so that the cemetery could be taken care of in perpetuity. Right. Uh, but that law was not in place when East End and Evergreen were founded. So as far as we understand, it was around mid-century, you know, the 1950s and 60s, that the condition of the cemetery began to decline. Um, and people we've spoken to who you know, attended funerals during that time period describe overgrowth already. They're yeah. not like what we saw when uh, work began at, at East End. Um, just to clarify, too, when Brian says that, you know, we consider ourselves the core volunteers, he means all of the Friends of East End Mm-hmm. There are more than just the three of us, um, yeah. and actually, each of us joined an effort that was on that had already been underway for about about a year, right? Mm-hmm. When you started, Melissa. About a year. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so in summer 2013, uh, volunteers led by John Shuck had begun sort of beating back the overgrowth in sort of a central portion of East End along the road. Um, after working at Evergreen next door for about five years. Yeah. Mm. So you know, after complications with the then owner of that cemetery, they moved next door to East End. But still, by the time when Brian and I joined in at the end of 2014, you know, there was a central portion that was clear, but it was, um, you know, when I look back at pictures now, it's amazing how how small that section seems compared with the work that's been done now. So it's a 16-acre cemetery, and we estimate that we've cleared about half of the acres that are suitable for burial. So there are, there's a ravine that runs through the cemetery. There are other areas that mm. we, we haven't found evidence of burials. So we think about 12 and a half acres are actually right. more buryable. Okay. Is there an estimate of how many people were buried there? Um, we've, we, haven't, there we haven't been able to find any records, uh, burial records yet, at least, at mm-hmm. the cemetery. So we can only guesstimate. And we think anywhere 15, 16, 17,000 plus people may be buried there. Yes. Wow. Just, buried them very, very close compact, together. Compact. And at uh, this point, we've uncovered about, we estimate about 3,200 legible grave markers. Okay. Uh, there are many more graves that are unmarked. Yeah. Okay. And whether they had markers at one point and they've gone missing, they've deteriorated over time, they're still buried, as many of the markers. And Melissa is the master of, of finding those that have been buried under inches oh. of dirt. Dirt, yeah. So, and that's happening every every time we're out there. Mm-hmm. Pretty much we as find you can imagine, a marker. People, the majority of people buried at East End, and I presume also at Evergreen, the next cemetery next door, they weren't buried in vaults. So as they're buried over time, the coffin decays, the soil collapses within, and you have this, what Ryan said, corduroy effect. So the land isn't flat, so the stone also actually sinks along well. with the soil. Yes. And over time, over decades, gets covered up with, with vines and overgrowth, layer after layer. So we have to actually go through. I was about to say, what do you use? We to- actually use a homemade, very dull, just metal poker, oh, uh-huh. on a, almost on a broomstick. And yep. very carefully, we tink like around. You can hear the rocks versus roots versus You have the two masters here. 
I was going to say, I, I know how to do that pretty well. And Our yeah. family yeah. cemetery. Yeah. We, <laughs> we have to do the same thing. Oh, it's just amazed like, how you find these. And I bet that's a it's really like a, exciting moment. It's like too. a post, and it you is, just kind of stick it in it. It's still you exciting. You can tell. Yeah. It's still exciting even after five years. After yes. five years, yeah. And usually, we'll, Aaron or I will go out, and we'll, we can hear it beneath the soil. But with the volunteers that are out that day, maybe this is the first time they've been to right. East End. We'll have them come over and, and with a trowel yep. very carefully. And sometimes it can take up to an hour, yep. depending how, how many inches are under, carefully bringing back the dirt, not to scratch the marble, and bringing up and then say the name out loud, clean it, yep. and um, and then they are back next weekend yeah. looking and clearing. Yeah, because it, it's, that's, that's uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but to people are very, so funny about cemeteries anyway. And so that's kind of, even, a, even for, you know, people that don't really believe in it, but it's a sacred place. And so then to find someone who's been quote unquote forgotten. Yes. That's you know, even for somebody know, who doesn't like, carry you guys that. Are talking it's, about it yeah, it's it's very it's a, it's very a touching. sacred space and it's an outdoor archive, which is what we say. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. just rediscovering somebody's life. Yeah. 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 But we were talking about the condition of the cemetery when we yeah. when we first arrived. We actually passed through on the way to Evergreen in spring of two thousand fourteen mm-hmm. and it was so densely vegetated that mm-hmm. we didn't know that there was a cemetery to our right. Man. Evergreen had that center section, that, that big oval that was cleared. Right. When we came back in December 2014, we were going to shoot some video for a documentary we're doing. Mm-hmm. We saw hunters there. It was a group of, of white men and some young boys in their camouflage, and they were hunting deer. And we told them... <sighs> There are going to be Boy Scouts here volunteering, clearing burial plots. And they're like, y'all just need to stay off the road. Pow. No. We called the police. The police did the old boy thing. Mm. No one was held accountable. They just left. But what ha- so what happened after that was, was perfectly marvelous and wonderful. I mean, we got to hang out with a small group of young African-American scouts who were enthusiastic mm-hmm. about helping people reconnect with their ancestors. But I was still seething. I was thinking, like, how, how, how in the world, how, how can you be blasting shotguns mm-hmm. in this sacred site? Because it ain't sacred to them. It's, and, no. and that's exactly what I was going to say, because it's not sacred to them. No. It's nothing. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. Uh, <laughs> like, no, let's take a moment to take uh, that. In. But but one of the, so so, Aaron, when we started doing this, I, I got really consumed both by that anger and by the sense of tragedy. Yeah, sixteen acres just overgrown, and you you had a different response um, when we went out there that day, December thirteenth, two thousand fourteen. I was recording sound. We had the video guy doing his thing, and I was like, oh you know, doing a documentary journalist, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron took a knee and started to work with the scouts. And she was actually, she convinced me to come back, leave the equipment, you know, mm-hmm. next to me or in the car and actually do that work. Mm-hmm. And as we were talking about before, it's a visceral thing. Mm-hmm. You are reclaiming a story. You're, you are reclaiming a life, but we're also adding a page uh, in, in this text of Richmond, not just black Richmond, but yeah, Richmond, Richmond, Richmond America, America. And again, I mean, we are still thrilled and amazed when we find uh, 
grave marker, someone marker. buried in 1917, 1920, 1932. Yeah, I mean, one thing I always think about, and, and I try to ask other volunteers to think about when, they're, when I feel they're receptive, you know, it's just to imagine what, you know, who that person might have been, what their experience might have been, you know, knowing nothing at that point beyond what's on the marker. The marker you know, and sometimes yeah. they tell you a lot. Sometimes, it, um, you know, the marker will contain, you know, the not just name and dates of birth and death, but, you know, the church they belong to or mm-hmm. and the role they held within the church, if they were a deacon or a deaconess or a pastor or, you know, or sometimes the, uni- the union they belong to, the mutual aid society mm-hmm. that they were a part of. So... You know, or, or family connections, of course. So there's a lot there, but I mean, especially with, um, you know, as a white person and often working with white people, you know, mm-hmm. I think about, well, well, imagine what this person's experience might have been living in Richmond and, you know, turn of the century and think about the fact that, you know, what might my relationship have been to that person, you know, and mm-hmm. the chances are slim that I would have had really any relationship at all. And that's something that really strikes me when I'm out there. But um, one of the things we... We always say, you know, if we're talking to people about the work that we do, I mean, that we're reclaiming the site, you know, with the help of thousands of other volunteers. You know, that's certainly not something that the eight of us do on our own every weekend. Um, You know, there are lots of people who've come from across Richmond and elsewhere. Thousands. But we're also, you know, doing what we can to, to, you know, reclaim the the history. So Mm -hmm. we do a lot of research. Um, you know, online, certainly we start with ancestry and dig into what we can, census records and marriage records and death certificates and, you know, to try to start drawing connections between people at the cemetery. So it's definitely not just digging in the dirt. Right. It's, you know, digging in the history books, too. (laughs) Yes. And the records. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And our state farm contest, which was Melissa's idea, it's all about an oral history project we've been talking about for, I mean, a very long time. We just don't have, you all know, this takes time. Uh-huh. Yes, and time, does. and if you have some money, that helps too. Uh, yeah. So um, hopefully, you know, every everything is crossed. He's crossed know? everything every, he's got. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was Melissa's idea. Yeah. She, she applied the day of, right, the day the application was due. I, I was actually at work. Um, flipping through Facebook, sorry, work. And, and I noticed I mean, that there was a grant uh, opportunity from State Farm Neighborhood Assist, and the submissions were due at midnight that night, and it was like 4 p.m. And, and so, still doing my work. Main priorities. Um, right, exactly. On your just, break. Yeah, right, on my break. On your break. Um, started just kind of drafting um, just a very quick grant sub- proposal um, mm-hmm. from language that we've used both with yeah. Brian and Aaron in the past, just trying to condense it into this word count mm-hmm. and um, and stay, stayed up at midnight and made sure, because the cutoff was 2,000 submissions. They stopped it then. Wow. And so we were able to get ours in. And then I pretty much just kind of forgot about it and neglected to kind of tell anybody else and the friends. We, <laughs> we could, well, it was just something <laughs> oh, that no. we could do. And, you know, right. of course, we you did know, it. with this itty-bitty little thing. She did it. You know, this, you yeah. know, this core volunteer group that, I mean, there's so many other worthy wonderful causes not that uh-huh. ours isn't but yeah, yeah. so just forgot about it and then about two weeks ago we got a an email from state farm saying that you were one of 
one out of 200 chosen for, oh my the, for the public vote Finalist. round. And my wow. gasp of surprise could probably be heard in the next town over. <laughs> <laughs> it just did not. I had, yeah, so it was completely wonder, you know, wonderful feeling, surprised feeling, let everybody else know. And they all just kind of hopped right on. And, yeah. um, yes. and we, and, and thinking, well, we're, you know, we're one of the 200, you know, at least, you know, we'll maybe be in the 150s or 160s, but that's still great that we were, no, we were 33rd in oh, 33rd wow. place after um, the last time we checked before they took away the, the ranking board. Yes. Yes. Oh, they took it away so that yeah. you had to spend yeah. the last the days exactly. in like hours. terror. <laughs> yes. yes. So just to even that is just and amazing. It, the amount of support we've been receiving just the past 10 days of the public voting round. I mean, that alone. Yes. Um, I mean, forget it. I don't want to say forget yeah. about the $25,000, you know, but it's just just the, I mean, the amount of support and the people reaching out, asking more questions, yeah. asking when to volunteer, when they can come out. That's has been absolutely terrific and that's amazing and as a matter of fact you know we're hoping that we get this grant you guys get it but in addition to that you know for every person that voted if we could just get a dollar oh. i'm just saying right i mean hey oh. while we're at it that would be great um <laughs> y'all cared enough to vote just a little yeah. And we won't even make you pay. We won't even make you give the dollar for every vote because we know that you could vote up to 10 times a day. So <laughs> but I mean, if you want you. to, I mean, it, yeah, you know, nobody's going to stop you. Right. Um, right. But even we'll, we'll we'll make it we'll be we'll be very humble and say that dollar would be amazing. The ten dollars would be astronomical. So uh, just putting I mean, that out yeah, there. It's out there in the universe. Um, Richmond. I'm just saying. But what could you do with it? Yeah, what, what, if you guys want to go to, what are you guys going to do with it? So it will be pretty much going right to the oral history yeah. project that we have okay. Okay. with. And um, Brian would end up, if we do end up getting the grant, Brian would lead the oral history as stated in the. <laughs> well, Brian is like, I am? He would. <laughs> okay. You haven't yeah. read the description clearly enough. I would be, right? yes. But <laughs> we would be working on it as a team. Yes, yes. Of course. The, we have met talk to broken bread with so many wonderful people who have loved ones buried at the cemetery yeah. and many of these people are older than 70 and they're 80 right. Ooh, and got to get those capture them now they can tell us stories about the people interred there but they can also tell us stories about Richmond mm -hmm. and about that cemetery mm -hmm. i mean we had an 80 plus year old woman come out there uh, visit the temple plot i can't remember her name off the top of my head but there was this there's there's this beautiful kind of you know good sized cedar tree there mm -hmm. and she said as a little girl she used to dance around the sap sapling. They would have picnics. That's that's how people did cemeteries back in the day. Right. You know, yeah. um, eighty or you know seventy five years ago. And wow. in fact, one of our uh, regular family member plot cleaners mm -hmm. tell, told us that up until the eighties, really, mm -hmm. people would 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 drive in on Memorial Day and work on their plots. It was, the place was shaggy, yep. but there were still people who would do that. That were doing it, yep. So that's pretty, pretty dedicated. But again, I mean, you think about that. If the person on that side, on this side, on that side, and on the other side, four sides, six sides, whatever, doesn't mm -hmm. take care of their plot. If you take care of yours. In the middle, you can't get to it after a while. <laughs> we talk about the, the condition of the cemetery. We always talk about it in the in the context of Jim Crow mm -hmm. and white supremacy uh, segregation that there are 
reasons, structural reasons, mm -hmm. that explain the condition of not just East End Cemetery, yeah, right. Evergreen Cemetery, Woodland Cemetery, yep. other historic black cemeteries in the state of Virginia. Uh, so when, when we talk about families not maintaining their plots, right. it's not because right. well, they just didn't bother to come out. And it's not about a, a blame game. Right. It's, there were impediments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people are gone. You know, a lot right. of people left. Some of the people we end up connecting with uh, through this work, you know, they live in Philadelphia. Yeah, they, they live in Florida. Virginia. They right. Live, you know. Right. And we also ask how many people, how many of the volunteers who come out to work at the cemetery clear their family plots on a regular basis? Mm -hmm. Have you ever even thought about right. who takes care of your family plot? Right. right. I take care of yeah. my own. You do. Mm -hmm. but, but African Americans have a long history of. We got to. Very sacred. Right. It's, right. It's a sacred we space. Have to. And you have to do it because mm -hmm. we have, you know, a, a gardener, a landscaper. Yeah. Or a cemetery with a perpetual cemetery care. With perpetual, with perpetual care. care. Or yeah. funds from the General Assembly. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, right. That's, oh, my goodness. That's the other thing. So, Aaron reminded me. We have to contextualize this, mm -hmm. and it's it's not just the generalized pressures of Jim Crow, but it's actual disenfranchisement. So mm -hmm. if you take away a community, well, individuals in a community, if you take away their right to vote for the person of their choice, they can't direct public resources to their communities. Correct. And that's what happened. So that's how Confederate cemeteries got Erin did the math. She went through the acts of assembly from 1902 up until the present. We got some additional uh, paperwork from DHR. But what was it? Over $9 million in today's dollars. So you'll say, well, it's, it's over 100 years. That's, that's nothing. Hmm. Speaking of nothing, what did the black cemeteries get? What was their allocation from the General Assembly? Hmm. Probably nothing. Zero. Exactly. Right. And so nine million doesn't look so small over a hundred years. It ain't anymore. so small, no. Plus it is not so small. If you receive, you know, money over time you can invest it, right? Right. Correct. So mm -hmm. it's not just that nine million dollars, but it's whatever you were able to you know do grow with it. from mm -hmm. that, right? So And of course all that money was going to neo Confederate groups and since nineteen ninety seven all of the money for all of the cemeteries with Confederate graves. Mm -hmm. All that money gets channeled through the United Daughters of the Confederacy. So um, it's a pretty good deal. Huh. I bet for it them. is. For them. For them. Not for the rest of us. There was um, the Historic African American Cemeteries and Graves Bill was signed by Governor McAuliffe in 2017. And we actually supported that. We, we gave it our provisional support because we were led to believe, the Friends of East End were led to believe that we would be partners uh, in the f in, in planning for the future of the cemetery and the future administration and management of the cemetery, that was how it was pre presented to us by people in the state. Mm -hmm. And that and wasn't that, the case. Uh, it, was, it was a bait and switch. So the money is actually, uh, and it really wasn't m about the money, but it was about who would be the stewards of the cemetery. And we believe that this would be like a public-private partnership. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just have all of the relevant stakeholders involved. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen. We were sold a bill of goods. And now there's, there's one name, there's one company, not even a 501c3, but there's one company on the deeds to East End and Evergreen Cemetery. And it's, it's not a 501c3, so that, that's, that, that surprises us. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know, that's, sorry, that's very mm. Mm, concerning to me. Mm. Go ahead. No, I just want to clarify, right, that we're talking about the money, the historic African-American cemeteries yeah. and graves bill, which we right. did lobby for. But I think what you were talking about, Brian, right. initially was a $400,000 grant from the Virginia Outdoors right. Foundation ah, okay. for the restoration efforts yes. at Evergreen and mm-hmm. East End. And that's the process that right. led to ownership by this LLC. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the process that we have, uh, we're sort of locked out of yeah. right, over a period of several years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. but the but then the money from that's available now for East End Cemetery from this historic African American cemeteries in Gravesville is not going to go to the Friends of East End, though we applied for it as a qualified charitable organization that exists wow. for the sole purpose of maintaining East End. And we're it's, the only group maintaining East End at the moment. It's and going for the past six years mm-hmm. to the new owner of East End Cemetery, the same LLC. So that's something that we have. So they get paid to not take. Who knows? I mean, things may change, but the point is the... They ain't over there pulling up no damn trees and no damn vegetation off the... That's what I'm saying. Do you think that's going to change at all? Where's the money? We actually do, but the fundamental point to us is that the state of Virginia engineered ownership Mm -hmm. of two sacred sites, 76 acres in total, pretty much for one organization and while locking out descendants. Now they have an advisory group, whatever now, mm-hmm. but the power rests with a single individual. And I bet if we look that individual up, who wants to bet that individual is not of African descent? Hmm. hmm. You, would, you would win that bet. I, I'm sure I would. <laughs> yeah. I already know. Yeah. And it's... Giant it's, size. It, it's, it's really difficult for us to talk about as you can tell because we are the squeaky wheel we squeak and we get criticized for squeaking and yet nobody has joined this Mm -hmm. effort from that side of the fence yeah because they're collecting a check (laughs) right yeah right and that's you know and that's part of the sad reality to most things especially when it it's surrounding African burial sites and descendants of Africans um, in Richmond for the greater good of someone else's pockets. Our sacred burial sites right. get uh, cemented over. Um, yes. They get buildings built on top of them. They get, um, you know, their portion of the Underground Railroad filled with concrete. Mm-hmm. Right, and, but, but even it's... it's it's that and it's the paternalism because people will say we're going to do the right thing and they might even start doing some good things. But the fact that you lock out the grassroots, you lock out descendants, you set the terms for their participation yeah. all while, while being subsidized by the government. Yeah. That is what's so mind blowing mm-hmm. that these that the deal to purchase these cemeteries was was engineered by the state of Virginia for a nonprofit that did not have the capacity to take care of them yeah. at the time that they bought them. So they basically built that capacity on the back of taxpayers. Yeah. Sounds like democracy to me. <laughs> of the sort. Of the sort. Of the sort. <laughs> Mixed in with a lot of capitalism. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. And a lot of mm-hmm. yeah. 
friends. Friends. Say. So but, since but this, not friends of East End. Right. Yeah. And since the situation on the ground has been fraught now for a yeah. number of years, I mean, it hasn't stopped us from doing the work. No, We've been out no. there every weekend. And that's the commendable part, just to let us pat you on the back there for a minute. Because yeah, you didn't just say, well, throw your no, gloves up in the air and yeah. walk out. There it goes. You guys are sitting on the big backpack of money and didn't give help us any and we're out there sweating getting ticks every day i hate ticks <laughs> I know, and right? i'm sure you see a plenty of them that is the um and and with the ravine being there probably snakes too i know i kill several of them <laughs> we see a few but not surprisingly not as many as you would think oh, so lucky you and i You're think the snake finder yeah well i think now that you know there are a more... snake finder <laughs> she well the snakes find her they find you. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Was it a parcel tongue? Do you oh, my goodness. Yeah. What kind of, do you speak, do you speak slither? What is uh, this? Not as far as I know, no. but maybe there's something in my they shoes. Just, they just like know. you. <laughs> well, I, I'm the, I'm the resident snake finder too okay. in our cemetery. Yeah, but you don't, you don't, you, you don't suffer a snake. Oh, I sure don't. They <laughs> suffer when they come across me though, because they're done. I'm oh. sorry. With the rake or with the thumb. Whatever is close. Whatever is close. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Peter, but you'll be okay. I've never snake, killed Evan. a snake. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not afraid to say I have killed several, <laughs> a plenty of them. She's a country girl. You're in the middle of another riveting episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Yeah, so I, you know that it's commendable. Every we did we didn't do ours for we did ours about a week before Memorial Day, and we have a guy now that um, we pay to come out and move the big stuff, the trees, and and our cemetery is actually very close to kind of a creek almost. And How big so, is it? It's about three quarters of an acre. Okay, and it's shrinking mm-hmm. because the creek is slowly deteriorating. Parts right. as the trees fall and. The water, the mar- marsh, kinds of takes mm-hmm. them down, and so we've started actually moving. Um, okay. Yes. Wow. Yes, we have. We've actually started moving. Mm-hmm. So I moved like, two years ago. We moved my great grandfather to rest with his wife, who had died that year. She died at a hundred, and wow. their daughter, who actually was not even in her casket, was was totally deteriorated. She died as a child in the. Uh, 20s 30s um so we we had her moved as well um and so that freed up some space on the side that's not deteriorating for other people to come in the family it's a large family if they wanted to you know kind of take that space but we've been trying to encourage people that you know this is not going to change there's not a whole lot we can do because of virginia stormwater and groundwater uh, provisions right. to put anything there to stop the 
kind of sinking away of the cemetery. So don't put anybody else over there. We'll keep cleaning it <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. and try to preserve the trees. Yep. But maybe put grandma at the new the new one mm-hmm. that we've <laughs> started somewhere else because yeah. this one is going to be where I'm, I'm expecting any time for someone to call me and say, hey, we got a vault that's floating <laughs> because it's the it's that close to the marsh wow. and um there's some some definitely some older like you said at some point for money for monetary reasons but also just for practice people weren't putting caskets in vaults right. until later some of those graves closer to the marsh are not in vaults and so as it start to break down break down great grandma's gonna be floating down the creek yeah. <laughs> we might want to get that <laughs> i'm just saying so we've That's warned the surprise yeah, i'm yeah. telling you yeah. we've warned them you know come on let's kind of move but yeah we're we're the people that clean our family cemetery and it's it's an undertaking it's in it's out in the country it's on a back road it borders up to chip oak state farm plant mm-hmm. plantations wow. uh-huh and um our family farm butts up against that as well and it's it's a beautiful area but you know it's snake ridden it's you know creek ridden the trees are coming down because the ground is very moist and then of course this last year mm-hmm. we've had rain rain oh, and rain, rain some more Which cemetery yes. is that is that blizzards it's, it's blizzard cemetery we've been there yeah yeah, yeah we've been right. that's my family cemetery wow. there are palmers from surrey county yes yeah. there sure wild. are yep. it's blizzard cemetery right there yeah. on chip oaks farm road mm-hmm. that is really that is cool. when you said it back well, up on chip oaks i was like small world yep see look at that look at that <laughs> yep. wow. yeah so that's, we've we started moving some people from there okay. because the, on the back side the blizzards that are on that back so you know how if you know you know what it looks like. It's there's one, two, three, four. There's about four and a half rows, and then it's wider across the front, but that back gets kind of cut off because right. of the way the trees are. Yeah. Well, now those trees are falling, oh. and you know you've got some yeah. that back furthest back end is starting to wash away into that creek. That's a hop, skip, and a jump mm-hmm. right down the road, and that's it. <laughs> Check so. us out. We we are talk. We're talking about cemeteries. We're talking right? about like. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be scared. No, they shouldn't. There's yeah, nothing no. out there that can there's, get you nope, but a snake. Nope, and right. if nope, you see him nope, first, yeah. he's dead. But there's wonderful <laughs> stories in cemeteries. Yes, yes, but we have such trouble talking about yeah. death and dying. I mean, I I yeah. have to be honest. I was I was creeped out by cemeteries before we started this work. I Bringing just, you know, I'll, I'll wind up there eventually. I don't want to mm. spend any, you know. I guess it does really kind of bring your mortality, you know. Yeah. I think like because to the forefront yeah. you're doing it. Right. Yeah. We talk to them all the time. If we I have to go say, into yeah. the burial. We're like, I'm sorry, Aunt Myrtle, to... but I got to do what I got to do. And we will yeah. we'll tell other people, all their volunteers there too, like they know why we're here. You yep. know, you're taking the roots, you're taking the vines. Like yep. you're not, they know why you're here. Yeah. You can go in, you know, you're go fine. in deep. You know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Just, yeah. just and then get out. So. And it's true. that It's true. I think the more time you spend there, the more comfortable you become with yes. it. It never bothered me because my my side of the family was always the person who cleaned wow, Blizzard Cemetery. So as a kid, I was, I, I'm the snake finder. As a kid, I was running away from copperheads and everything else, <laughs> you know, jumping over the ditch of, of leaves that we've raked into the ditch to burn them so that we can get rid of it. So I've always been out there. And so you, I never had that fear of cemeteries yeah. ever. And so I'm one of the people that 
you know, I'm, I'm probably the weirdo that people come into the cemetery and they're like, why is she sitting in the middle of the gravesite? Well, I'm trying to talk to my buddy here and we're going to have this conversation and I'm good because it's a different level of, of sacred space, I think, for people that are used to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of dirt, but it's, you know, it's the last place of internment. And so regardless of what faith you believe in or whether you believe people, you know, rest and gonna blah, 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 whatever that is, it's the last place that person's, right. you know, earthly body was laid. And mm-hmm. so that's a special place, right. even if they themselves as a, you know, moving person are not there. So it never creeped me out. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of people that are real strange. Like, oh, don't don't walk over grandma. And it's like, she don't care. Take honey. your I wish you would have felt like that when you walked. <laughs> yeah. She was more she was more upset when you walked across her fresh, freshly mopped uh, floor <laughs> right. where she was living than she cares about you mess bothering her now. She don't care. But I don't think of, you know, it's funny. I mean, people ask me periodically, like, do you ever, do you see ghosts, you know, or do you ever, and I, I really don't think of. Going out there with your EVP kit. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so much of the, I mean, I think of the cemetery, at least East End in particular, just because we spend so much time there. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it feels like a living place to me. And I don't mean like the living dead, you know, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like I'm always thinking Well, about, it is living. There's lots of vegetation. Well, like, yeah. You know, yeah. somebody appreciates yeah. you sitting next to you and saying right. thank you mm-hmm. for uncovering yeah. me. Maybe. Yeah, and I'm thinking too of just, just you know, what we have learned about people buried there. I mean, yeah. Do you have any favorite stories you want to tell? Tassel story. I mean, yeah. Um, it's a bittersweet one. Melissa and Brian have said that we've interacted. You know, we've connected with people over the over the years, um, family members and people who knew some of the some of the individuals at rest at East End. But mm-hmm. yeah, one of our favorites is. Um, Dr. Tansel, so his name was Richard F. Tansel. He was born in Fauquier County around 1852, born into slavery. Um, And yet after the Civil War, he made his way to Alexandria with his family. He eventually enrolled at Howard. He ended up getting a medical degree, and he set up a practice here in Churchill. um, Wow. Yeah, he lived at 30th. 30th and Lee Streets, and mm. uh, his bank building is still, he founded a bank later. He was right. He was involved in all sorts of yes. stuff. I, I can't even list the all the organizations, but I mean, in addition to his practice, he founded a bank, the Nickel Savings Bank, so you'll find mm-hmm. ads for his bank in the Richmond yep. Planet, which is just an amazing resource. I mean, that's something that we, we comb that paper for, you know, references to uh, people we think of as our people, which is pretty, everybody buried it. Yes. Yeah. At East End and Evergreen, too. Um, but we've since, the sad part of the story is that, I think it was the summer summer 2015. Yeah. Uh, July 26, 2015, I photographed Dr. Richard F. Tansel's very modest marble grave marker. Uh-huh. And three days later, it was gone. So I stole it? Yeah. John was out there, you know, working one day, and he... Uh, he noticed that it had gone missing, you know, and it was one of the... We checked with the family, too. Well, be, but we didn't know the family yet. At that or time. That was right yeah. around that time that we were we got in touch with his with Dr. Tansel's great-granddaughter-in-law. 
And I don't think know if it even had anything to do with the stone at no. that point. It was just coincidence, you know, that she contacted John. Uh-huh. And uh, in any case, you know, but we said, is there any chance that a family member might have happened by and taken the stone? And Who the hell would do that? Right. It happens more often than you think. Stop we had it. some ornate iron fencing in the older section where Dr. Tansel yes. uh-huh. lay, is, yes. is at rest. We have people will come and take the fencing put it in the back of their vehicle, and then to weight it down, they'll take a gravestone and put it on top ah! of it down. Or they'll take gravestones. I mean, these are just the rectangular, oh, turn it over, and then use it as garden steps in, to ornate their Excuse backyard. me. Oh, yeah. And over the years, or, or yeah. even just vandalism, just tossing it in a ravine. We've, we've People. Fa- we've okay. Found, wait, um, yeah. But, it's been years. It's, it's, it's time for a PSA. Um, yeah. Listen. Don't go to cemeteries and do this to people. And, and it's probably the, the little silly people that are, like, haunted by ghosts. They will haunt you at night. Don't do that. Yes, yes. Don't do it. And don't dump your garbage there either. No, oh. because it's not trash. But we have... So Aaron was about to move us into the sweet part of the bittersweet story. Oh. Yeah, well, so, so tell us. Because I'm, I'm mad now. Yeah, I'm mad well, as hell. Yeah. And you should be. Yeah, and we you were should hot. be. We were mad, too. But we were hot the, and sad. But... But what was sort of amazing is that we, right at that time, mm-hmm. the his great-granddaughter-in-law got in touch with John. And that has begun, you know, that has, since then, we've, um, you know, we've been in pretty close contact with her. She's been to the cemetery. We organized a, we, fun, we raised some funds and were able to replace his headstone. And so we had a, okay. had a little ceremony. I think it was fall 2016. She flew out yeah. from Oregon. Aww. Oh, awesome! And uh, and what's great too is that she's sort of the keeper of the family history. I mean, she's done tons of research, both on her husband's side of the family and her own. And uh, just plus, she also knew the you know the grandchildren, so uh-huh. who had fantastic stories of their grandfather. Oh, so those are some of the personal yes. connections that we you know because it's rare Super that we special. actually get to learn kind of personal stuff about yeah. people. It's, you know, people who died in 1927. Right. right. Died in 19. You've got to get those stories from the people that exactly. they were passed down as right. an oral history from someone else. Which is why, you know, this project. The, why we the, need this grant. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, because yeah. we want to do justice to those stories. You Absolutely. know, record Absolutely. them properly, do video if we can, and make them available to people. Yes. You know? So... So that these <sighs> these stories become more widely known, mm-hmm. so that they're not right. they're not surprising to people that we learn these aren't early lost. On. Yeah, these aren't lost people, and I no. think that's part of the the misconception with a lot of um, African burial sites. It's like, well, they're unmarked. Nobody knows who's there. Nobody right. just you know put a fence around it and tie a yellow bow around a tree and keep it moving. And it's like, no, like these are people, and there are stories somewhere. Yes, but because of <laughs> systemic racism and white supremacy there has not been the proper level of resources and time care provision mm-hmm. made for these places and so sadly enough sometimes the stories are lost um so that's why oral projects are really important when we can preserve those stories because yeah. that's all we got sometimes yeah we try not to talk about you know lost history or yeah. lost people or an abandoned cemetery it was not an, it was not abandoned you know no. you know it, it, it just did, wasn't cared for for a while that's all right and 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 for reason, mother nature it was taken care of and, right. yeah and for real reasons i mean people were forced to leave this city mm-hmm. during the great migration for other reasons right. to find opportunity and you know 
if putting food on your plate is your priority, I would imagine that um, paying for someone to maintain the gravesite is not going to be high up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and plus, you know, yeah. I think you were saying earlier, Brian, if, you know, you can maintain your plot, and yet if the yeah. ones around you don't, and it's, yeah. it's, as you all know from working outside in Virginia, you know, <laughs> you turn your back for a few days and boom, you've got yep. massive weeds to deal with. I always Gosh, say that. Yes. I tell everybody, Monsters. I grew up in Colorado and, and nothing grew in, you know, it was basically a desert in Denver, you know. Oh, no, so it rains know, one day and we've got an right. entire forest. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I say, I've given up on my, my flower beds in the front of the house. I've just given up. <laughs> I've tried. I, I don't know what kind of soil I have I was out, out there. there today in my vegetable garden going to town mm-hmm. because of the rain that we've yeah. No, ma'am. So I, I've given up. Any have, farmers need fertile soil? Come to my door and get it. I have it because weeds that I didn't know grows. existed. Like, what is this? There is a new species every day. I'm oh, sure you guys have seen something. Oh, yeah. We've, oh, yeah. seen, we've seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I pull up. Well, I mean, you you even pull out animals out of your. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, the time I pulled out an old tree. This yep. summer and, and snake in it. There's a, a big old snake in it, and I hefted it over <laughs> into the, the alley, fence. over the fence. I know the, this is me. I have spaghetti arms. I don't. I'm not very strong for these things, um, but the adrenaline, man. You probably found some 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 strength on that one. Exactly. Deep down in there, I was like, get out. It's a big one too. It was a big one, but yeah. I mean, you know, it's it doesn't take long. You're right. It does not take long, and especially just like anything I was I sent you some pictures yesterday Melissa of our family farm in Smithville and just because no one is driving on the back driveway going to the barn and back where like my fruit trees are and my grapevine and different things that are back there it's like thousands of dollars of rocks that have just grown over because Mm -hmm. no cars are driving back there anymore and there's no tractors back there going anymore and you know, it doesn't take long, and then boom, there's a pecan tree growing through the hood of your car right. that hasn't moved in four years. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's there you go. Doesn't take long. Important to have people who are really um, just dedicated and on top of it. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, you are, you're reclaiming stories and the lives that are there. And they need money to do this. Yep, they so, need money to do this we time. really appreciate all the votes that help them yes, we're just we going to go ahead and claim it they won the oh. uh, in our minds <laughs> we're just going to claim it but, like it's ours okay. it's one right now in addition to that they still need money for other things yes. so we yes, just we need do. a dollar please per person that voted and if you didn't vote this is the perfect time to atone for your loss go ahead and send that dollar <laughs> atone. Um, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and atone one of the things that Melissa has said is even if we don't win, uh, we did something pretty amazing. Melissa kicked off something amazing. It was a uh, Aaron and Melissa were the social media meisters, and they just pumped out the message several times a day of who we are, what we do, why we do it. They told stories about Dr. Tansel and Mr. Banks and all these other. Melissa was running that show. Yeah. I was just providing. Oh, who's content. Mr. Banks? <laughs> Um, uh, Mr. Uh, or Deacon William Henry Banks Sr. Um, we, one of the family members, Cheryl Holmes, I've met. A, I met a few years ago. She came out with, I believe, with her nephew to try to find 
the burial site of her grandfather, Mr. Banks's. And we were able, we had cleared it off, I think, several months before then. So we were able to easily bring her to the, the burial site. We have, she and I have stayed in touch just pretty much via Facebook just over the years. So um, uh, we wanted to, during this grant, uh, show the importance of oral history stories and the to see the type of person, rather than just seeing the, the name etched into the marble, yes. it really helps to see portraits, pictures, and stories to add real substance to what you're you're looking at when uh-huh. you're walking in the cemetery. So uh, Cheryl and um, was able to get in touch with her sister, Brenda um, Holmes Edwards, and she was able to send us a, a beautiful portrait of Deacon Banks and um, several paragraphs of a write-up. And she allowed, gave us permission to uh, put it out on our Facebook page and um, other social media accounts. And it, people just loved, I mean, it was just, it's a great story. It's, um, we, it's a really, it's a gift that they allowed us to Mm -hmm. put it out there um, for everybody to read and be introduced to Deacon Banks. And, um, but, uh, it's amazing the power of seeing yeah, it puts a, it, it puts a portrait and a name and a story. So you have that up on your Facebook. We do. It's That's right up great. on our Facebook and right now. Instagram. Yes. Um, we, and, and our yeah, website. And our website. And our yeah. website. EastEndCemeteryRVA.com. You can uh, peruse the website, um, learn about the context of the time period, the people, the places, um, especially the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aaron and Jolene Smith from uh, DHR, who was from- there. She did this in she, her she, yes. private capacity. Oh, in her private capacity, yes. yes. Um, and they just did a marvelous. Every time I go on the website, I'm just in awe of the work behind Thank it. You. Well, and I want to emphasize with the website, too, that it's designed to be something that others can contribute to, yeah. right? So that our hope is that, you know, as we, the more people we meet, the more people who either, I mean, people, descendants, other volunteers, anyone interested in doing this kind of research, can contribute information, documents, stories, photographs. You know, we're always looking for, we have relatively few yep. photographs of the people buried at East End. We have no pictures of the cemetery itself, you know, aside mm. from, from, from back in the day. I, yeah. I think it was, was it Cheryl who it was. found a couple of photographs of uh, her grandfather's funeral, which was in the late 50s, I think, oh, wow. 59. Yeah. You know, and you can, you get a sense they're faint, you know, that, that the cemetery was a very different place, uh-huh. you know, at that time. It was certainly not a forest, which no. it has become. Um, in any case, the, the photographs really bring it to life, and we hope to gather as many of those as possible. Yes, you know, yes, yes. That yes. really sort of transforms the experience, I think, when people can see a face, you know. So Absolutely. listeners ask your grandma, grandpa, if you have people buried at any of these cemeteries, Evergreen, East End, Woodland, uh, those photographs can help help us help help you tell the story of these places and tell the story of Richmond. Yeah, I think if you make it super personal, that's when yes. people you know Absolutely. it grabs them by the heart and they say, "Okay, well now I have to help." Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right. Well, in our last three minutes, is there anything you'd like to say or add or? Yeah. Well, we're on Instagram, the Friends of East End. We're on Facebook. I think if you just type in East End Cemetery, you'll find your you'll find, find your, way your way to, to us. us. Yeah. Um, you can reach us by email, uh, friendsofeastend at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah. When are you out there? Every Saturday. 
from starting about 9 a.m. during right. the warmer months. So right now it's 9. We usually work about 3, three to 4 hours mm-hmm. at this point. Sometimes the regulars will, will stick around a little longer. You're under no usually. obligation to stay yeah. as long as we do. Yeah. But, you know. We provide the tools. We'll provide water. You just bring your hands and we'll provide the rest. Do you, um, do you have any suggestions for how people should je- dress? Because there are a lot of people who haven't done this sort of. Yeah. Long pants, long sleeves. And long socks. Long that socks. you put on top of the long pants so that right. the ticks can't crawl yeah. up your leg into ah! your pants. Yeah. <laughs> The cemetery is not a place to be fashionable. It's right, no open-toed to... shoes. No, no, no. Right. No, no, you don't even need really no. tennis shoes. You need, like, if you have taller boots, that would be great. But you need, yes. definitely need closed-toed shoes. You need long pants. And it's best if you wear long, tight socks that you can pull over top of the yeah. bottom of your pants to keep the critters from crawling up your legs. And long sleeves and gardening gloves that are impenetrable would be awesome. We have. So we've got loads of gloves. We provide we got gloves. gloves. Okay. Yeah, we've got and gloves, tools, as well insect as repellent, spray, too. Right. Which insect works. Repellent, yeah. yes. Everything yeah. takes place outside. There there are no facilities at right. the cemetery. Okay. There's there's a porter john. Pretty much that's the only. Oh, and it's yeah, clean. There's, there's, there's clean. a porta potty. Oh, and there's okay. goats. I see goats. We haven't had goats in a very long time. <laughs> We have been goatless. Hey, anybody out there looking for goat donations? Do you want goats? Goats, uh, we thought they would eat everything. They apparently don't like English ivy that much. And there's a lot of ivy. Crazy ivy, yeah. It it gives them goat indigestion. Oh, man. They do love poison ivy. Yeah, they love poison ivy. Oh, well, that's something to remember. Yeah. And poison ivy loves us too. Uh oh. Um, but yeah. But that's why you wear long sleeves. That's why it's when I wore a short sleeve shirt. Uh huh. Never wear short sleeve <laughs> shirts. No. These are good um, tips. Yeah. These are yeah. good yeah. tips. So even in the heat of the summer, mm-hmm. we will. See yeah, that. no, you need long sleeve stuff. Yeah. We so always end up cleaning water, the water, water, water. Water, 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 yes. Yep. We have water, yeah. but you can bring your own too. Uh, but we just, we love, we love to meet people. We give tours if people want those tours we try and we try and frame every visit remind people you're here to work you're here to do your volunteer hours whatever but this is a sacred space mm-hmm. and you have to understand why it <clears throat> looks this way there's a history and we can tell you more about that but let's get to work that's right mm. and on that note thank you all so much for joining us this has been really informative what a great discussion what a beautiful cemetery Thanks for having us. Yes, thank, thank you, you guys so much for us. coming on. And fingers crossed on that grant. We can't wait to hear. We got it. We just gonna claim it. <laughs> we got gonna, it. Yeah. We'll know in the upcoming month. All right. right. Yeah. Toes crossed. Yep. <laughs> Internal organs crossed. Uh, not those. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, thanks thank again, everyone. Thank you. As always, listeners, we appreciate you tuning in. Hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. We'll see you guys next week and. Per usual, Flint still has dirty water, and guess what? New Jersey does too. Did you guys know? RPS is fully funded, and we're working on next year, and Richmond is most certainly still racist, but we're working on it.